I like turtles. Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Hotline. If you are obsessive compulsive, press one repeatedly. If you are codependent, ask someone to press two for you. If you have multiple personalities, press three, four, five, and six. If you are paranoid, we know what you are and what you want. Stay on the line and we'll trace your call. If you're delusional, press seven and your call will be transferred to the mothership. If you are schizophrenic, listen carefully and a small voice will tell you which number to press. If you are depressive, it doesn't matter which number you press. No. Hey, happy new year. So today's uh, today's show is going to be very interesting. They're going to be portraying uh, Joe, the poetry guy. Uh, he's a man from Georgia. He's very loud and boisterous. But um, enjoy the show. It's a collaboration with April Sims, a good friend of mine. Um, she's a podcaster as well. She's going to be playing the host. So enjoy this. First, we're going to hear a clip, a little clip from Dr. Fauci. Um, whom I admire, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and of course my other uh, hijinks, uh, another you know another uh, installment of Words to the Wise. Uh, enjoy; it's going to be a good one. Bye. But first, this Doctor Who. Yeah, so we're going to have Dr. Who uh, in a moment joining us. We're going to ask uh, Dr. Who. He wants to be anonymous, so that's that's the story there. And um, uh, we're going to ask him about <coughs> the Dr. Who theme. We're going to ask him about COVID-19. Um, so, uh, he's on the line? All right. Dr. What exactly is COVID-19? Please inform us. Coronavirus, initially diagnosed in uh, 2019, is a respiratory illness that is now known to be a person-to-person spread. It's a novel coronavirus that first identified in Wuhan, China, and it's similar to some other forms of viruses that had been documented in the past, including SARS and MERS, those particular viruses several years ago. So currently it's spread to the United States, as most people know, but how is it spread? This particular virus um, particularly emerges from animal source, but it's now, again, person to person usually between close contact individuals, that is within six feet through respiratory droplets that are produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. It can also be transmitted by touching a surface or an object that has the virus on it and then touching their own mouth, nose, or even their eyes. 
So obviously prevention stems from those potential sources. So what are the symptoms of COVID-19? I think the most predominant is fever that was seen in over 99% of the cases in China. Also the cough and shortness of breath because it's an upper respiratory type of infectious process. The severe complications affect those, particularly that are older. So we're seeing this in people between age 30 to 79, 87% of the time from data that we're getting from China. The most severe complications are those over age 80, and those are the certainly the highest death rates. The most common um, end-stage disease is pneumonia that affects both lungs, but ultimately can affect all organs that causes cardiovascular collapse. It's currently 97% of people will, will respond to mild conservative measures. So how can I protect myself from this? Well, I, th I think the biggest thing is to avoid close contact with people that are, that are sick. Obviously, you want to minimize touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. And then washing your hands is a key thing. I think if you spend 20 seconds with a good um, uh, soap, otherwise using a hand sanitizer that has at least 60% alcohol, uh, those are both very acceptable um, options. If you are sick, stay home. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And then covering your mouth when you sneeze with a tissue or coughing or sneezing into your um, elbow is also very acceptable. And then just a cleaning, disinfecting um, surfaces uh, that you may come in contact with. So right now there's no vaccine for this uh, virus. Um, it's considered and it's treated by um, conservative management, which is just supportive care fluids, oxygen, etc. But most people, like I said, are, are not affected to that degree. So if you have illnesses, uh, you have an illness that includes fever, cough, sore throat, those are some potential symptoms. Just notify your physician, but um, take care of yourself and stay home. And the time it takes Dr. Anthony Fauci to tackle the question kids want answered, we find out what's up with the coronavirus. It's time for a 10 News Town Hall. You know the drill by now. Mask up, social distance, wash your hands. But maybe you have more questions about the pandemic. I can't think of a better person to ask than the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci has held his role at the NIAID for 36 years, advising six presidents and helping the country to navigate several serious virus outbreaks before this one. He's kind of a big deal. And today, He's answering questions from kids just like you. It's our first ever to 10 News Town Hall, featuring Dr. Anthony Fauci and tenors from all over the country. I can't wait. Let's get into it. Hi, Dr. Fauci. My name is Miles. I'm 11 years old, and I live in San Jose, California. I see you on TV talking about COVID a lot, and I was wondering, what exactly is your job? Well, my job... Mostly, I have actually two jobs, one a really big job and another one not as consuming. The big job is that I'm the director of the institute here at the NIH, which is right outside of the funding or doing most of the research associated with infectious diseases of all types. 
HIV, AIDS, Ebola, Zika, and now COVID-19. And when I say research, I mean we are involved in the development of the vaccines that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Our group here was very heavily involved in that, in the development of drugs. The team that's worked on the vaccine that have made contributions to all the vaccine is a team at the NIH Vaccine Research Center. It's made up of a number of people, very diverse from all parts of the country. We actually have one of the lead investigators is a woman, uh, Dr. Kizmekia Corbett. We call her Kizzy. She's a young African-American doctor who has played a significant role in the development of a vaccine. So she's a good role model for young women who want to get into science. In addition, I'm a member of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. And that's the reason why you see me on TV a lot, because I get out there and talk about the public health measures that we need to do to stay safe and avoid infection. So I'm doing two things simultaneously, running the Institute and being a part of the White House Task Force. We hope you're enjoying our holiday presentation, a podcast you should know on the Black on the iHeartRadio app. Thanks so much, Dr. Anonymous, Dr. Who. You are fake news. No, he's not, Don. Hey, you are you should be packing your bags, brother. You know what I'm saying? Pack those bags, Donald. Uh, yeah, it's got to go. There he goes, people. <laughs> Bye. You're all finished. It's all over. All over. Let's. Oh, geez. Poor Don. Oh, geez. Sorry, I was stretching. All right, let's get right to it. April Sims and I uh, doing this uh, fake pad podcast, and uh, but it's going to be informational and funny and humorous and um, enjoy. Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, everybody? I would like to welcome you to April Sims A and E Radio. A stands for artists, and E stands for entrepreneurs. We are the home of We Are Greater Than I, and welcome to the not-your-average, yet far from typical, most definitely special, April Sims A&E Radio. My co-host is the Poetry Man. And if it wasn't... Man, why would I say I am? And so you know, we keep our feet, Paul and Joe, on the ground. 
and our minds to the sky, and our motto is because we are greater than I. And like I said, we've taken we are greater than I to another level, and we believe in PEMI. That is the promotion, the education, the motivation and inspiration of indie artists and entrepreneurs. Welcome to the show, everyone. How are you doing, Poetry Man? You know, all things considered, I'm well, swell, and really can't complain too much outside of the traffic that I am presently stuck in, trying to get out of the great state of Georgia into South Kakalaka, oh, uh, wow. en route back to our nation's capital. And evidently, uh, we, we've been caught up or swept up in a lot of uh, bowl game traffic. We've seen a lot of West Virginia uh, plates on the road this evening, and traffic is bumper to bumper. And mm. But we're, we're making our way through. We're making our way through. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing fantabulous, fantabulous. That's the only thing I hate about road trips, and I and I try to plan it accordingly because typically where I hit my traffic is when you get back to northern Virginia. I always try to make sure that there's no rush hour because when you're that close to home, whoo, you get real mad then. Well, look, you know, getting out of D.C. or getting out of the area, it was crazy. Uh, It took probably two and a half to three hours just to get out of northern Virginia. It was was backed up that much with what I'm assuming was Christmas traffic, people returning back down south. And then uh, we would hit patches where we could make good time, and then it would be uh, stop and go, and it took – and unnecessarily long time to get down, but, you know, made it down, and God willing, we'll make it back safely. Yeah, that's when you got to, um, the next time y'all do a trip like that, you got to do what the old folks used to do. Remember, they put you in your pajamas, and you leave it <laughs> crazy hours. Like, um, when I used to go pick the girls up, I would leave at 4 o'clock. In the morning or yep. in the afternoon? Four o'clock in the morning, because if you leave at four leaving, you all the trucks are already ahead of you. And then when you're driving, even though you start out dark, it gets lighter, and then your body kicks into it's a regular day type of thing. Oh, wow. I'm a road boy. I got some road tips now. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you drive it straight through, or did you stop over? Oh, no, we drove straight through. Remember, um, me and my sister-in-law, we were road warriors. We would go down, pick the girls up, get something to eat, and come back home. The same day? Yep. Oh, no, son. You're better than me. Well, like I said, like I said, I'm a a road, or I should say I used to be a road warrior. Now they're old enough that during the summer they can go down south by themselves. You know, they can get on a plane or they can um, get on the train. So I guess, are you able to sleep in the car then? Like when when your sister-in-law would take the wheel, would you nod out in the passenger seat? Sometimes, but sometimes the conversation was so good that we just ran our mouth the whole time. And one would drive down and the other one would drive back. Oh, you just, so there was no alternating the driver. You would... Take one leg and then flip and, and yeah, the one the, leg was going down, <laughs> and the other leg was coming back. <laughs> yeah, you know we this is always, the longest road trip I've ever been on. It, 
this is the longest. I, you know, six hours to get home to Ohio, and I pretty much had, well, no, I take that back, maybe eight to get to Philly from uh, Cleveland back in the day. But other than that, this is the longest road trip I have ever been on. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, and one thing about leaving when it's dark, when it starts getting light, because we already know this area, so we don't need to see it anyway. So when it starts getting light in other areas, then you can, you know, pay attention. And they've done a a lot on 95, so there's a lot to, you know, to look at. Well, this was my first time traveling 95 this far down. You know, we stopped in North Carolina. I was surprised to see how much of it was actually only two lanes. Right. That, you know, for it to be such a heavily traveled road. Now, unless there's a different way for people to come to and from, from what I understand, this is the most popular route. It is. And is, is this because this is the shortest way? or? Um, I don't know, but they do increase the speed limit. Oh, the speed limit, which is nice at, at points, is, is 70. 70. Yeah. Drops down to 65 at times. So that uh, I have appreciated when the traffic, when the roads or lanes were open. But it's very frustrating when you're, you're, you're going about 10 miles an hour looking at a sign that says you're able to go 70. <laughs> or, or you're looking at a 70-mile-per-hour sign in a construction zone, and when it's construction, oh. you can only go 35, whether they're construction people or not. There were there were a couple different sections. You're right. Now, I assume just because the holidays, they were on break. But the signs and everything was still up, that this is a construction zone. Of course, the signs were posted, which your fine would be if you were uh, uh, going in, uh, in excess of the posted speed limit through the uh, construction zone. So, yeah, that's a tad bit frustrating. Yeah, and it, they used to read that in the construction zone that only if construction workers were present, but no, I didn't see no such a thing. No, they changed them. That they changed them because I'm assuming that you can use your own um, interpretation of present. So they just said, you know what? When it's a construction zone, y'all just need to slow down. Period. We're gonna go ahead and cut that part off. Well, you know, I can dig it, and I mean, you know, especially when you do have the workers that are out there and, and traffic is trying to move to and from. You most definitely have to slow down for that, but I can't help but be a tad bit frustrated when you creep through and not near jackhammer is in motion. Right. You know, it gets it gets a little bit frustrating, but it is what it is. Right. How's the weather up your way <laughs> as I travel back? My way, way, my way. Let's see. The other day we woke up to snow, which uh, I wasn't. I wasn't, it wasn't that much. It was a little bit more than a dusting, but, you know, after the last time, I don't want to see snow ever, ever again. That was enough. We've had our fair share. I can do without another snowing uh, myself. Yeah, I mean, 10 years, you know, I don't need to see any more snow for another, you know, 10, 15, 20 years if God allows me, you know, to be here. Oh, you're going to be here. I'm claiming that for you. Yeah. You're going to be here and beyond that. You know, that, that small time right there, you're talking small time. <laughs> well, one thing, talking about being here, one thing that I have decided to do, I know a lot of people with their New Year's resolutions say they're going to lose weight. Well, mm-hmm. 
My resolution is in there, but I'm not going to say I need to lose weight. I'm saying I need to um, create a lifestyle change. And reason being is because, well, a couple of reasons. If I'm going to be here for the next 10, 15, 20 years, I need to take care of the body that my spirit resides in. Because yeah, yeah. from what I understand, we only get one. And I'm not, I'm not trying to turn into a hoopty, you know. So I need to go ahead and, 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 and stay fine-tuned. And a couple of things that I jotted down that I want to do, and this is it's helped me after I had Nicole and Crystal, was create a food journal. A food journal. Yeah, um, and what the food journal consisted of is it had breakfast, lunch, dinner, and in between breakfast, lunch, and dinner, snacks, and it also had a water column. Nobody wants to put in their food journal that they ate two rows of Oreos. But But if you're on a diet and you just eat two rows of Oreos, you can pretend like that didn't happen. So, and then with the water, it got to the point where, because you're supposed to drink 64 ounces a day. And in the beginning, of course, I was really bad because I can't stand water. But after a while, I was writing down 96 ounces, and I was so proud, and it got to the point where the only thing I drank was water. Now, you're you're aversion to water because several people share it. I, I have an aversion to room temperature water. Where Where do you stand as far as how you're drinking your water? Well, I guess it also depends on how thirsty I am because in the summertime, I like it ice cold and I will chug it. I mean, I will take a gallon of water and turn it up and not bring it back down. I don't have an aversion in the summer or, or any other time that I'm thirsty. But if I'm not thirsty, if my body isn't in dehydration mode, I don't care if it's cold, room temperature, or boiling hot. If it's boiling, I need some tea and sugar. If it's cold, I need some Kool-Aid and sugar. And <laughs> I need to stop that. <laughs> I, I'm trying to learn because I'm I'm told that room temperature is actually the way that we are supposed to drink our water, and I haven't quite mastered that yet. I've, I've been able to um, lessen the amount of ice cubes that I have to put in water, but I still enjoy uh, putting water in the freezer, like bottles of water in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And letting them ice over, and then uh, setting them out and drinking them as they uh, defrost. But I think that's something from my childhood. You know, my grandmother, uh, Elmira Whitfield, may she rest in peace. That was her thing. There was always a bottle, a frozen bottle of water, on the uh, kitchen table, in a in a butter bowl that she would pour into a glass. And I don't wow. know if I picked it up from then, and, and and it stuck with me. But I definitely prefer cold. Water. I think a lot of people do, but I have been hearing that cold, ice cold water shocks your system. Yeah, that's what they say. That's I have been, I say. have been hearing that, but the thing is, people have been drinking ice cold water for a minute. You know, ever since yeah. refrigeration and ice cubes. What What do you think about a person, maybe such as yourself, who said, "Well, I know you're over it now," but for the for the listener that might say, "Well, you know, I I find it difficult to drink water." What about uh, unsweetened tea? I mean, it oh, gives I the water an additional difficult. flavor. Uh, uh, I still find it difficult to drink water. Um, 
One thing that I am doing to wean myself because I love me some Kool-Aid. And, I mean, I like my Kool-Aid so sweet that my oldest will um, pour a half a cup of my Kool-Aid and a half a cup of water. So wow. one one thing I've been doing is I've been drinking Gatorade, mm-hmm. which to me Gatorade tastes like um, what, a packet of Kool-Aid and just water. So I'm, I'm slowly weaning myself till I can get to the point where now I'm doing half Gatorade, half water. So until the point where I can do all water again. But the thing is, when you do all water, and people, I'm not a nutritionist by far, but when you're cutting stuff out your life, you need to replace it. So if you're drinking all water, you need to take vitamins, period. And one thing that I did in the past that helped me also I ate like seven, eight times a day, and I know that sounds like a lot, but my meals were small. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really small, but I was I was eating all day, and the thing is, we're supposed to eat every three hours, and then, of course, after you eat, you're supposed to take care of that, but um, that's, you know, what we were designed to do, and I love to eat all day long, and well. it and I also, one thing I did is instead of eating on a, a big dinner plate, I ate on a salad plate. So if I was still hungry and I went and filled my plate up again, it was still one regular plate. But you, well, I mean, you, you're doing it the right way because whether people oh, realize it or I not. Haven't done, I haven't done it yet. I plan to, though. Well, you, well the, 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 the multiple <laughs> meals, the multiple small meals because – it, it helps to jumpstart the metabolism. I'm I'm bad in terms of starting my metabolism first thing in the morning with breakfast. I frequently would skip breakfast, sometimes even lunch. And uh, there was a period of time in my life uh, where I was eating once a day. And at that time, I was actively playing basketball probably four to five times out of the week. So, you oh, know, wow. it was easy to keep the weight off. But now that we're more sedentary with our lifestyle, it it would behoove us to incorporate the multiple meals throughout the course of a day, small meals, as you said. Exactly. I mean, I always had active jobs. I've always been a retail manager or a photographer. You know, in sales, I've always had a job where I was moving. So it really didn't matter. I could probably go to eat at Wendy's all day, every day, back in the day. I also had youth on my side, and I didn't have to worry about gaining any weight. But I had Amber when I was 31, and I went from, you know, having a, um, an active life to being a paralegal sitting on my butt. So my butt spread and spread and spread. And now it's Stop to playing. the point now it's to the point where I don't want to spread anymore, you know. So I, I have to do something about it, but I can't necessarily say that I'm going to go on a diet because I'm not going to stick to it. Diets to me mean nasty food. You it know, means but I, a bowl of lettuce no. and, and a piece of tomato. No, but I'm saying that right. when I hear diet, that's what I think. But if I change my eating habits, then that's something totally different. Well, I like I like the way you even framed it that you're not going to do a, a a resolution to lose weight, but you're going to uh, alter your lifestyle. Yeah. Which weight uh, weight loss is more than 
simply saying, okay, I'm going to eat less. That mm-hmm. does not necessarily mean that you're going to lose weight because what you can do is shock the body to the point where it feels, goes into starvation mode and it begins to mm-hmm. retain. It's not. It's like, oh, we need to hold on to all this fat. You know, we're, we're not being fed. So that's where, that's where the multiple meals come into play. So mm-hmm. altering the lifestyle means look, taking a look at not only how often you're eating but what you are eating right. and incorporating the exercise and rest, believe it or not, Mm-hmm. And it would rest back yeah, in that equation we, as well. We burn a lot during sleep. And one thing that people have to realize, too, is that your body has a blueprint. Has I mean, some people who were obese all their life, after they come off of their diet or lifestyle change or whatever, they immediately balloon back up. And it's because our body retains that blueprint. Now, the blue, my blueprint is not my size. So when I do exercise, when I do, you know, eat the way I'm supposed to, I immediately lose weight because I've only been, well, I'm not going to say only, but I've been overweight for the past 11 years. But that's not the majority of my life. But if I stayed as weight too many more years, I would say maybe five or ten more years, then my body's going to take on another blueprint, and it doesn't really matter what I do. I'm going right. to stay the way that I am. And well, you know, something I got, uh, I, I can't even say got roped into, but it actually turned out to be a very enjoyable activity, was mm-hmm. mall walking the other morning. We, we, we went uh, mall walking with Don's, uh, Don Santo and uh, uh, Mother Mother Gloria there, and though the majority of the people in the mall walking were seniors, the pace that they were maintaining and the sweat that you can work up mm-hmm. as you go in and out of the nooks and crannies of the mall, I think to me made me say, because I'm not a runner anymore. That, that those days, just because of the of the uh, stress on my knees and my back, I can't put that impact on myself, on my body. Mm-hmm. But walking is something that I enjoy thoroughly. And while it's the winter months, I think I may begin to incorporate on my days off more walking until the springtime rolls around and I can take it back outside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and a lot of people, and I'm, and you might know about this, but a lot of people don't know about. Um, I wanted, I might pronounce this wrong. Not only do I pronounce names wrong, but guys, I just pronounce words wrong. Period. But um, calisthenics, or is it calisthenics? Uh, calisthenics. Okay, calisthenics. And people just don't um, realize because with Nicole and Crystal um, having two toddlers. I really didn't have the time to go to the gym. I was a homemaker, and, you know, my husband worked. And when my husband came home, I didn't want him to have to deal with two toddlers. So I had to find a way to take my flab back to normal. So what I would do, you know, um, the calisthenics, what you do is you basically you're fighting gravity. And I would take a can of soup. At first I started out with nothing. So, you know, my body could get used to it. And then I would add, like, a can of soup for resistance, and it worked just like if I were going, you know, to the gym. So people, um, I mean, you just have to realize people always think I have to go to the gym. I don't have time. We have to make time. 
You make time to send jokes. You make time to watch, you know, television shows. Come on, come on. You make time for what you want, but you need to make time for what, you know, for yourself. And everybody who's just joined us in the chat room, one thing I had said earlier is I'm going on a lifestyle change because I I plan on, if God lets me, be around for the next 20 years, and I don't want my body to turn into a hoopty. And for people who don't know what a hoopty is, a hoopty is basically just an old broken-down car that people are driving around with with a toolkit because it just breaks down like every half a mile or so. I like that analogy because really if you think about it, we put more value and care into our possessions, such as our cars, you know, our furniture at home, the clothes that we put on our body than we do actually on our physical body. So what you're saying is so true. I mean, if you really want to plan to be around here for an extended period of time, ladies and gentlemen, we need to really take a hard look at where we are placing our emphasis of care. You know, it rained or I got some mud on my car. Let me go out there and clean my car up. And then once you get the car clean, we run down to the fast food place, the fish fry, you know, to the liquor store, to the various mm-hmm. other places, and we put those toxins into our system, never giving them an opportunity to pass through. We never take moments to cleanse our systems, flushing it with water or anything else, and we slowly deteriorate, and then when we're up in years, mm-hmm. we have the diabetes or the sugar. We get sugar, and we get all of these other ailments. We can't hardly walk up a flight of stairs. We're, we're short-winded, et cetera because we're not taking the time now, as you said, to alter our lifestyle mm-hmm. to allow us to live a long and productive life. Right. And, I mean, and and that's the thing is if you go to the gas station, would you open, take the cap off your gas tank and pour the cleaner into your gas tank that you wash your windows with? No, that would be just insane. And people are doing that all the time to their bodies, you know. Everything, and the funny thing, too, and I'm guilty of this right now, I guess since I'm an um, a entrepreneur, I have a, a small policy, you know, that will take care of things. But everything is insured. Our car is insured. Our houses are insured. But we don't insure ourselves. That's where we want to haggle. I don't want to pay all that money, blah, 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 where we should be taking care of ourselves first. And I'm not um, chastising anyone because everybody, I'm talking to April right now. I'm not really talking to you yeah. guys. Yeah, I'm, 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 talking, I'm talking to me. And another thing I used to do when I lost all the weight from the girls is I would do small things, and it's amazing what small things do. Like, instead of driving around the mall parking lot for 10 hours trying to get that parking space up front, just Uh, go ahead and park three rows over. That little change makes a difference. If If you live on the 10th floor, then walk up to the second floor and then take the elevator up the rest of the way. For a week, um, and then the, the next week, go up to the second floor, and then after a while, you'll be able to walk up all the flights. And another thing is, and I know Sandrine in the chat room will appreciate this one. 
be like the French. And one thing that the French do, because we're always like, why are they so daggone small? And all they do is eat. But one thing they do is they enjoy their food. A French person could eat a dish and tell you everything that's in it. They'll do what again? They can eat a dish mm-hmm. and tell you everything that's in it, meaning the ingredients, because they take the time to savor every flavor, every ingredient, whereas Americans, we just go, it's gone. <laughs> and well, then we got to go back to work or, you know, everything is just a hurry. A hurry. They They just take their time. For food Well I mean I think that comes from That mindset of instant gratification We want what we want And we want it now And we need it now And so I I can look at it And maybe appreciate the aesthetic beauty of it But the actual Savoring the taste And and the ingredients Is something that we don't do I'm learning this more and more You know uh, uh, Chef Snobly uh, Has this uncanny ability To dissect food, uh, and, oh, it has basil in it, it has thyme, and, you know, he'll go through a, a list of ingredients, but, of course, his palate has been trained to do that, but we mm-hmm. can train our, our as, as lay persons, we can train our palates to do just what you're saying as well. Mm-hmm. Well, Sandrina's saying, she said, um, we take time to eat, and that was the one thing I was saying is they make time, they they sit down, just like in England, they have tea time. You know, it's mandatory in Japan that everybody, you know, takes lunch. You know, I mean, people are just really serious about things. And over here, you know, we're just not, we just don't care about ourselves as much. And there are some foods that you can cook where you don't need a lot. If you take aluminum foil and... I know the chef can speak for this, too. And you put fish in there or chicken with green peppers and onions and maybe a little bit of pepper. You don't even have to put salt. The vegetables will infuse the meat, so that you, you won't need sauce. And you could just eat that with a little side salad. You don't need rice. You don't need mashed potatoes and gravy and so on and so forth, but the reason why we don't do it is because that would take, what, a whole 30 minutes in the oven opposed to popping in a TV <laughs> dinner that takes five minutes. You say a whole 30. <laughs> uh, entire, oh, my God, an entire 30 minutes. <laughs> well, you know, over 30, 30 some years ago, Elijah Muhammad wrote a book uh, entitled How to Eat to Live. And, you know, you hear many people do a play on that or even he taught, discussed, we have a mentality to eat to live mm. as opposed to learning how to eat. And we we want to, uh, we have to be mindful, and I'm guilty of this, and I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, for me, what shocks me into, oh, it's, it's time for me to get on a program, is when I see a photograph of myself. I can look in the mirror all day and I'm shaving every day, but it's something, I don't know what it is about the difference between how I see myself when I'm looking in the mirror versus when I see a photograph of myself. And I'm like, when when did I put on that much weight? 
So it's it's a constant struggle for for me is to is to I'm, I mean I work out on a regular basis, but I I also need to alternate my routine because I think it, I'm, my body has become so accustomed to it that well, I don't know that I'm seeing the results I could or should. Well, it's so funny that you mentioned a picture of yourself. One thing that um, my friend Kent um, used to tell me, and it worked. He said, forget the scale, forget the measuring tape, forget all of that stuff. He said, I'll tell you how to lose weight and keep it off. He said, first of all, buy yourself a full-length mirror. He said, you can get a decent one for like $20. Mm-hmm. He said, you can't even get a gym membership for $20. No. He said, and you have to start standing in front of the mirror with your birthday suit. That's hard. It is hard, but you know what? It's amazing. And he said, and also go by the way your clothes fit. And it's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, and it's amazing um, the difference um, because I was a scaleaholic, and people, the scales will get you because if you weigh yourself at night, you're going to be a different weight than you are in the morning because of all, be it water weight or what have you. Or if you don't go to the bathroom like you need to go to the bathroom, you know. Scale will trip you up when you are wearing yeah. because we're so we want to know, so we'll weigh ourselves in the morning. Mm-hmm. We'll come back mid afternoon. We'll come back before we go to bed and wake up again in the morning and start that process over. And you never give yourself an opportunity to chart any progress. And as April said, it's more you'll tell more by the way your clothes are fitting you mm-hmm. than you will by what the numbers are reading on the scale. So be mindful of that as well. Yeah, but one thing I can tell you guys, when you got like um, five jelly rolls or four, five, six stomachs, and you and you're in the mirror, and one of those jelly rolls or one of those stomachs disappear, oh yeah, it's time to celebrate. And when you celebrate, don't go celebrate with food. This is one thing I used to do. Is after, you know, I, I would weigh myself once a week. I wouldn't do the, you know, the everyday thing. And I would take my measurements, you know, neck, um, left arm, right arm, um, waist, hips, right thigh, left thigh, you know, all the traditional stuff. And I would count up the amount of inches that I lost, you know, across the board, not just on my waist or whatever. And my weight, and if I did a really good job, I would reward myself by getting my nails done or mm. or treating myself to the movies, or I mean just you know just something buying a nice candle for myself opposed to treat myself to a piece of cheesecake. Why right. in the world would I eat cheesecake <laughs> after you struggled struggled and labored so hard? Yeah, I lost, what, 30 inches all together, you know, about 10 pounds, and then I'm going to go to Cheesecake Factory and find it. Well, you know you know where I get frustrated, and I think probably a lot of other people do, is when we watch, personally, when I watch reality shows, and I had to be reminded of this point, you watch a show such as Big as Losing, mm-hmm. and you're seeing these remarkable uh, weight loss uh scenarios within a week I lost 15 17 18 pounds and and then I'd get frustrated at home and then you know I I'm working out and I might lose a pound but the reality is ladies and gentlemen when you see people on those reality shows that's all they're doing is working to lose weight they're not going to a 9 to 5 
they have nutritionists and personal trainers that are attending. There you go. There you go. So so we, you you know, we're watching from home. I'm watching from home, and I'm still doing the same things that got me into the predicament that I, I want to say I need to lose weight. And we have to be mindful of the fact that when you watch these reality programs, factor everything into the equation. They are away from any distractions. They're isolated. Mm-hmm. They get a free gym membership. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a lot of factors that they go into that equation. So stay true to self and do the things that are necessary for you to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Exactly, and I'm glad that you brought that up because just like when Oprah lost a lot of weight the several times that she did and everybody was cheering her on and happy for her, okay, I was happy for her, but I was not her cheerleader. And the reason why I was not her cheerleader is because Oprah didn't have to cook anything. And if I had a chef, Snowpley, um, chefonthehill.com, as my chef, then I'm going to lose weight, too, because all I have to do is show up to the table. I don't have to cut anything. I don't have to do anything. And then after, you know, I finish eating with the chef, then the trainer comes over and is yelling at me and pushing me. So, of course, I'm going to lose the weight. But, guys, you have to... um, be mindful of what you intake. That's why I said I'm going to keep a food log because when I was pregnant with Amber, I kept gaining weight, and I thought I was doing the right thing. And I go to the doctor, and she was like, look, April, you're going to have to stop eating pizza and french fries. And I, I said, Dr. Nala, I swear to you, I am not eating pizza and french fries. She right. said, okay, you need to go home, and you need to keep a food diary. So I was like, okay, I've done that in the past. So I wrote everything down, and everybody, the culprit was orange juice. Wow. Look at it. The Balls culprit lady. was, yes, sir. I don't want to do a Melly Mel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be right back. Give me one minute. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. I know you understand. Yeah, I got you. I got you. No. All right. <laughs> okay. Be right back. Okay. And everybody, like I said, the culprit was orange juice, and the reason why the culprit was orange juice is because, and I can't even just say in the United States, but orange juice, to take a glass of orange juice, that's about, what, 10 or 12 oranges. And my doctor told me if you're craving orange juice, then it's best to just go ahead and get an orange and eat the orange because there's no way you're going to sit down and eat 12 oranges, not normal people anyway. And I just want to read a couple of things that are going on in the chat room because they're just as active in there as we are here on the phone. And Aaron777, who is from the Netherlands, says, hmm, well, I've been working in the gym for many years helping people with their food, but still 75% eat the wrong way. But still they say, oh, I eat very good. But when I ask them to write it down for four days in a row, all bad things come out. And, Aaron, that's exactly why I am keeping a food diary. You weren't here at the beginning of the show, but I said it's easy to eat two rows of Oreos. But you're not going to write down that you consume two rows of Oreos in your food diet, I mean your food log, 
One thing a food log does as well, as silly as it sounds, it will challenge you to do better. I do not like water. In the beginning when I did my food log, when I lost all my weight with my two oldest, I was writing down four ounces of water a day. And then it got to the point where towards the end I was writing down 96 ounces of water a day. And I cut out everything else, no alcohol, no juice, no Kool-Aid, no anything. The only liquid that I drank was water, and it got to the point where if I did have a sip of juice at somebody's house, it was too thick. So basically I trained myself, and I was very, very healthy. Um, I felt good about what I was eating. It got to the point where you have to realize either it's your waist, or waste. And mm. welcome back, Poetry mm. Man. I'm and, back. I'm back. That, I like that line right there. You yeah. need to hit that one again. <laughs> yeah, it, it, two words, same word, spelled differently. It's either waste or waste. So um, if you have to, and one thing I used to do, I would go to a restaurant and I would order my meal because at restaurants now everything is supersized. It didn't used to be that much because I remember when we were kids, we would go out to eat, and we would eat, and we ate dessert. There's no way I can go to a restaurant now and eat dessert. But what I used to do is I would go to a restaurant, and I would order my food, and I would tell them to bring me half and bring me the other half in a box. Uh, you know, I, I, one of my coworkers, I, that just turned me on to that uh, recently before we went on break. He said that he's trying to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And he said, I tell them in advance. Yeah. I order my meal, and I tell them to bring out a, a, a to-go bag, bring half of it in a to-go bag. Yeah. And he said, and he's he's been, he's lost, I think, 30 pounds over uh, several months utilizing that technique along with exercise. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, like um, what they're saying in the chat room, is it is a mental thing. And no one can help you lose weight if you don't want to lose weight. Because my god sister, you know, may she rest in peace, one thing she used to do was, now, she ate like a bird around all of us. But she finally confessed to us the reason why she didn't lose any weight is, and the reason why, you know, her... um her diabetes got really bad is because at night she would eat ice cream and cake in bed. Mm. Now, we didn't sleep with her, so we didn't know, you know, what she was doing. We couldn't figure it out for the life of us. We were like, what is going on? She eats salads. She doesn't put salad dressing on it because salads aren't the villain, but the salad dressing is. A tablespoon of salad dressing is like 100 calories. Which is is crazy, but you know, no one can do it but you. Period. And if you got a buddy to help you out, let me tell you, when me and my girlfriend Michelle used to go to the gym, and Chris, you've met Michelle, her and her silly self. Uh huh. We've we've gotten put out of several gyms. <laughs> For what? Having too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but we were losing weight. We would go because see the thing is when you have a gym buddy like a April Sims or a Michelle. I'm not gonna put her last name out there. But when we go to the gym, we would try things that we would never try by ourselves. 
And they had this one thing that looked like an escalator that went to the moon. Oh, my God, <laughs> Chris. If you could have seen us, we were in that room hollering because I got stuck at the top. and <laughs> I didn't know how to get down. She hit a button. The machine went crazy. Finally, a personal trainer had to come and rescue me. But the thing is, from all of our laughing and playing and everything, you know, we cleared out an entire room because when people go to work out, they're too serious. Well, I, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with having your focus, et cetera. But I think when my experience when I was going to the gym was that some people were a little too narcissistic in their approach to, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like to have fun, you know, conversation we were talking about bowling the other day and I'm not a bowler but I will go and have the best time now if you're serious about bowling you don't want to bowl with me because whether or not I knock any pins down I'm going to have fun but you can do that in the gym you don't have to uh, I'm going to follow up this this specific workout regimen if you go at getting there is half the battle you'll learn as you uh, attempt to utilize the equipment so get there first don't feel like you have to go in and be an expert on everything. Right. Just learn as you go. Man, I'm so glad you bought a bowling. My mom is on a bowling league, okay? She can bowl her behind off. She, like, gets trophies and stuff all the time. And one time she took me and the girls to this really nice bowling alley in Virginia where her league bowls. And on Fridays and Saturdays after a certain hour, it turns into disco bowling. They turn the lights down low, all the lanes are lit up, and they play music, you know, that you can dance to. Right. Now, Chris, you know you cannot get Nicole, April, Amber, and Crystal (laughs) in a room with music without them acting a fool. So when she first took us bowling, you know, she was serious and, and bent on beating us. We can't bowl. I can pick the I can pick the ball up and throw it down the lane. Now, if it, if I'm a hit, and I might knock somebody else's pins down. Okay? False lady, false lady. Do you? I'm I'm, I'm going to go out on the limb and say you're a lot like me, or I'm a lot like you. Do you pick your ball according to the weight of it or according to the design? Yeah, it depends on how I feel. <laughs> if I if I don't feel like straining to lift a ball up. I'm going to go get the lightest ball that there is. But if I'm feeling like the Incredible Hulk, I'm going to go get a heavy ball. And my mom, she's like, you need to go buy, you know, the weight that's comfortable for you. No, you need to mind your business. And if I want to get a ball with little holes, I will. Or if I want to get a ball that got big holes, I will. If I want to grip that ball with both hands and push it down the lane, then that's what I'm going to do. But let me tell you what me and your oldest niece does, do, does, whatever. (laughs) If we don't knock anything down, we come back and we throw up the field goal sign. And then (laughs) we high-five each other. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I had wanted to do. I had been trying to miss all night. I finally got it. I finally missed them all. And the first couple of times that we went, my mom was embarrassed. But then it got to the point that other bowlers were all up in our lane because we were having a good time. And when we 
hit gutter balls, everybody else was throwing their hands up. <laughs> and we'd be like, yeah, woohoo! You know, I mean, just acting foolish because the thing is, why are you going to sit there and hit a gutter ball knowing bowling ain't your thing? Everything is not everybody's thing, and bowling is not mine, so never pick me to be on your team. But look what you did with that, April. You got physical exercise, you got aerobic exercise, and you exercise your mind. Ladies and gentlemen, I I don't know the the specifics of it, but there you can read sometimes they say laughing burns X amount of calories. So factor all of those things into the equation. You're having to move to throw the ball, so your body is moving. You're stretching in ways that you probably haven't been accustomed. You're laughing. You got the aerobic workout going. Plus, your mind is being stimulated. So, and that's one thing that we oftentimes neglect. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, you said it was mentioned in the chat room. It's a mental. It's a mental thing. We yeah. have to start with the mind. And you can't say, oh, "I want to have the best body in the world." Because trust me, I have met in my lifetime some very beautiful, ugly people because mm. yeah. they focus so much on the exterior that the interior was null, void, empty, vapid vessels of nonsense, and I said, well, you spend all that time in the mirror, but you haven't read a book, you haven't done anything to affect the beauty of your soul. So we have to be mindful, ladies and gentlemen, don't get, don't get caught up in the trap of looking in the magazines, and I want, everybody's not going to be a size two or size zero, not everybody's going to have a six pack, an eight pack, that's mm-hmm. not my walk in life, I'm going to make myself as healthy as I can and should be for self. Well, I to piggyback off of that, one thing I want to say really quick, and then I need to definitely um, address that magazine thing. The one thing that it did, guys, for my daughter, because at the time Amber was like eight or nine, it let Amber know it's okay not to be good at something and still have fun. Because any time all your role models are out there acting the daggone fool, I didn't cry. You know, I could care. My score could have been zero, but I had fun, and that's what I went there for. And I put up a um, a Facebook um, update, and my update was, and I wish I knew who wrote this because I would give them props. It says, how people treat you is their karma. How you react is yours. Oh, I read that too. I mean, short and potent, and that's what we did with the bowling. We did not care. My mom got on us at first talking about we need to be more serious, and I was like, well, we could leave because we having a ball. The only one who's not having fun is you. There's no way in the world I could bowl like you. But anyway, um, to go to the magazines. Okay, everybody with these magazines, like um, Chris said, not everybody has a six-pack. Not everybody is thin, so on and so forth. Okay, let me tell you about magazines. Those people aren't real, okay? I wish I could find the video. It's a Dove commercial, I believe, where they show you. I mean, they take a pretty girl to start with. Don't get me wrong. Do her makeup, do her hair. Why they did her makeup and hair, I don't know. Because after they finished Photoshopping her, they stretched her neck. Mm. They smoothed out her freckles. You know, they um, made her eyes wider. And people have to understand, even with me, when I shoot models, 
even though my finished product, the model looks beautiful, oh, you best believe I didn't shoot them looking like that. Okay, they'll come They'll come to me with a pimple so big in the middle of their forehead, they look like a cyclops. Man. You know, they have spots and stuff on their arms and their legs looking like a leper. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'll have to piggyback off her piggyback because I went for a photo shoot. April took me to a photo shoot with Kent Ballard, extraordinary photographer of the D.C. metropolitan area. And between him and April working on me, the lighting, et cetera, took some very nice pictures. You know, when they take, when a photographer takes a picture of you and you have to go, hey, who is him? You know that they have skill. <laughs> but when I got the pictures, April sent me the pictures, and April, April is, is a Photoshop master, a guru. I put the picture up at that time on my uh, MySpace page. A young lady who I was in the Air Force with, we had seen one another in years, she reached out to me and via email and, oh, my God, you look great, and, and da 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 and, and what are you using on your skin? And I said, <laughs> Photoshop. <laughs> you are foolish. You are it's foolish. The truth. It's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. I watched that, uh, you know, I, I saw America's Next Top Model, not that these uh, women are not beautiful, some of them. Some of them are rather exotic looking. I guess that's what they're going for. But when I look at the the reality of that person on camera, and then they go to the judging, and they this is your best photograph, and I'm like, wow, a lot of work, a lot of Photoshopping, a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, enhancing colors and this and that and the third has happened. But we don't, real, we don't see that. We see, oh, they are beautiful. No. Not necessary. Not any more beautiful than you. No, you're they're just, not. You are just as beautiful. It's just that you don't have a team of makeup artists and someone that is photoshopping or cropping every image that goes out of you. In case in point, now I think both of these women are. Well, I would be lying if I said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, in their own right, they're beautiful. Okay, how about that? That can go okay. e- either way. But if you see Oprah and Tyra Banks without makeup, you will realize the power of makeup and Photoshop. Uh, and you know, what? Yeah, and uh, people, you can't hold these people. You can't, like Poetry Man is saying, and, and we definitely need to do a show on for young men and young women because the same thing, young men, um, they have um, six-pack implants, just like women get the Brazilian booty tuck or whatever they call it, and they get the, the breast implants. Men get chest implants and the six-pack implants. And some men get the little, you know, Brazilian booty thing. Yes, so, you get implants, you get life. A lot, of, a lot of people that you look at and go, oh, he or she is... You know, they have 1% or, or 2% body fat. Oftentimes, these people have had liposuction. There's, 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 and, and I'm not discounting the work that they're putting in, but they, those things are not disclosed to the general public. The surgeries are not included in the, how, how did you attain that body? So just be mindful of that and be satisfied with who you are and how you are shaped and yes. just enhance what you are working with. 
Most definitely. I mean, and like a lot of people want to be like the A-listers. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm pretty sure, and, you know, they'll, A-listers probably come back and slap the crap out of me, but I bet you nine out of ten of them, their breath stinks. And the reason why I'm saying that is, and I know you're like, dang, where did I come from? But the reason why I'm saying it because they're starving themselves, and a lot of them are um, bulimic. And stomach acids are supposed to work one way, not the other. And when you're bringing all them acids up, all those acids are coming and sitting around in your mouth. And, you know, they rot your teeth out, but before they get to the the teeth rotting stage, you know, because you can pay to get your teeth fixed. You can't really do too much about halitosis. I don't care how many Altoids you eat, how many cinnamon sticks of gum, how many tongue scrapers, what you going to do, scrape your whole tongue off? So, people, you have to be mindful. I mean, do you want to be beautiful with a, a nice shape or no shape? Because I, I think A-listers have no shape. I think they, they need a biscuit and some gravy and a hug. But you can have no shape and be thin with bad breath, or your breath can smell really nice and you can look like a normal person. Because most people, most people are normal, but you know that that that's just me. And I'm not saying people that there aren't fat people with funky breath because you know there <laughs> are. But <laughs> the chances of a bulimic having funky breath and bad teeth are greater than just being a normal person eating normal food. And there you have it, April's advice. And and I'm gonna jump on on board with that and just say, if you have an interest or a desire in transforming your your present uh, body shape, uh, your mentality, etc., you know maybe maybe find a song, a, a theme song, or something that champions you through that process. And I would suggest uh, Christina Aguilera's "Beautiful" because to me it is a great self affirmation. Yeah. It is just to know where you are and who you are is enough. You don't have to aspire to be any any quote unquote actor, actress, uh, athlete. Enhance who and what you are because you are beautiful and you are valuable. And once we adopt that mentality, then we can accept our body on the terms that it has been issued to us. Right. Because, you know, if if you want, as April said, I'm going to do a lifestyle change. She didn't say I'm gonna I'm gonna look like this person or that person. She said what she's gonna do is alter her lifestyle for her so that she can extend her life. So find your motivation and let it be for self and not for vanity's sake. Yeah, you you definitely have to do it for yourself. Sandrine said, What is normal, April? Normal doesn't exist. I tell her normal is anything that's not A list. And guys Consumers, we have the power, okay? And I'm bringing this up because we need to take back the modeling industry. The majority of the people in the United States are obese. A lot of people in the world are obese. Back before Twiggy came out with this um, skinny look, models were Mae West, Marilyn Monroe, 
I can't think of anybody else's name right now, but basically uh, a nice size was a size 12 or 14. Now a size 8 is obese. False lady. We were walking through the mall, and James said, we walked past, I think is it called Lane Bryant or a Lane Bryant? Lane Bryant. Lane Bryant. Mm-hmm. We walked past Lane Bryant's store, and and he said that show the the store is for plus size women, right? I said I said yes. He said then why are all the mannequins skinny? Thank you. And I had that, that I'm gonna tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that was something in all my life I had had never danced across my mind. The paradigm shift in that moment, the aha moment, as as Oprah calls it. I had to pause for a moment. I couldn't really. I couldn't even respond. It was. It was like, wow. Hmm. This show is for plus size. Excuse me. This store is for plus size women. Yet they modeled the clothes on miniature or small size mannequins. And what you need to do is go in one of those stores because I was a manager at Lane Bryant and I wasn't plus size. Which, first of all, I don't understand why you would hire somebody that's not plus size to manage a plus size store. Eventually, I left because I was harassed. It was like reverse discrimination. <laughs> it was like a bunch of Monique's came up in the store and attacked me. But anyway, go in one of those stores and lift up a jacket and look at how they have those pants clamped. I mean, and I, I don't want to expand too much on that because something that Sandrine said in the chat room I think is very important for our listening audience to um, hear is that the first sculptures of women show fat women. And I piggybacked off of her and said a lot of the old paintings were of obese women too. If you look at a lot of those pictures where those women are in their birthday suits, they got at least one jelly roll. Not no, they don't have any cellulite. But those women, they they weren't, you know, they weren't perfect. You know, they had a little bit of pancake French toast going on. <laughs> I could dig it. I could dig it. That's true. Yeah, and it's like if we look at a music video and we see, you know, a Jill Scott or so on and so forth, that's not right. Whatever. Like Jill Scott say, hate on haters. Hate on. Come on, man. Come on. It was good to have you back on the first day of the year and the last day of the work week. How about that? Glad to be back and starting the new year out to indicate to our listeners and to self what the new year is going to bring for us. So I'm glad to be back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Boss lady, I enjoyed the show immensely. It was enlightening, revelation, uh, self-awareness, a beautiful thing. So thank you for bringing it to uh, the table. Continue to do what you do. And ladies and gentlemen, be who you are and what you are because we love you as you are. And remember always that we are greater than I. Yes, most definitely. And I just want to let you guys know we will be broadcasting next week. Might be some funky hours because my location is going to be different. But I will be calling the show and letting you guys know about all the new technology that's coming out that nobody else is going to know about. You're going to hear it first on April Sims A&E Radio. Love you, Poetry Man. Peace, love, light, respect. Much love back at you. Catch you guys next week.
Peace. Yo, check out Anchor. That's our sponsor. And that's how I make this show. So give it a shot. See what you can do. All right? Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time for that. This has been a Mark Markarian production. Hey.